2: Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Sixers Kane Show on a new night, Monday night. Now, baby, uh, we're really excited actually to have uh, um, Eric McLean on the show here, college football analyst, co-host uh, of the Huddle. Coach, yes. yes. All right. <laughs> First touchdown of the year.
3: Miami <laughs> Hurricanes. Yeah. You know the name already it's ha, ha it's a six rig game show can't forget the name though got jazz blue vision dj break the game code ain't no changing up ain't no breaking up real poor alive from the hall rock stadium ball 14 for the orange and green we see the six rig champs it's more than a dream this is life on the field beyond a hundred yards of hurricane that's never still
2: put damage
1: what's wrong with
2: us seriously what's wrong with us we're miami hurricanes fans
1: (laughs) welcome to the six rings cane show a show dedicated to miami hurricane sports featuring the legendary larry Bluestein, jazz santana vish and danny gillette let's go canes
2: what's up everyone welcome to six rings cane show uh on a different night than normal We, we did not do uh is there a name for July Fourth Eve? I don't know. July third night, we decided not to uh, to go live with everyone. You know, having plans and personal uh, affairs. You'll notice Jazz is not here. He uh, he bailed to go the Marlins game. What, what what a time! What a time to be alive in Miami. The Marlins are, are playing great baseball, and uh, yeah. Hmm. And, and, and Jazz headed out to a Marlins park, but I do have the legendary Larry Bluestein with me as well as Danny Gillette. How's it going, gentlemen? Good.
3: Can't complain. Good.
4: Can't complain. Yeah, and, and yeah. just just.
3: Go ahead. Marlins are all uh, doing well when they don't have to play the Braves. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll I think, think that's it. the same for anybody. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, no one wants to playing the Braves
2: right about now. So <laughs> that's not
3: a Marlins problem. That is an
2: MLB problem right now, the way the Braves are playing. But, yeah, it's been a, it's been an exciting week. Uh, Answered John S. he was on our Buckets chat earlier. Yes, this is the football show. So we will definitely be talking about um, the recruiting and, yes, some of the misses as well, as well as a big hit this week as well. But, it's been a bit a busy week in recruiting, um, so I guess we'll start with you know the big the big kind of miss was was uh, Justin Scott, who who the Canes seemed to be in the lead for throughout the process, and uh, he went elsewhere. I'll, I'll start with you, DJ. Do you have any uh, how big of a miss is this? What did the what did the Canes miss out on here?
4: It's definitely a big miss. I mean, when you take a look at Justin Scott, he's an he's an impactful player. You know, he's extremely athletic. Um, you know, in the defensive line position is something that I think a lot of fans take for granted, but it means just as much as the secondary and, you know, even the linebackers and Justin Scott's a heck of a player, extremely athletic, you know, a very high motor guy. Um, And, you know, this, this is a big loss. Um, Miami definitely has some capable players in this recruiting class and on the roster, but missing on a guy like Justin Scott, I'm not going to call it the end of the world. The sky is falling but it is definitely a noticeable hit uh, for this recruiting class for Miami.
2: Yeah. And it was, it was someone that, you know, I think we had as, as kind of people cover this team, I kind of not put in pen, but definitely put in pencil as someone that we yeah. kind of anticipated. She was in Miami did not do so blue. I don't know if you have any, any thoughts on this. And, and I guess in the grand scheme of things, how big of a, a miss is this in terms of what Mario's trying to build here?
3: Yeah. Well, we broke them down last week and talked all about him and, you know, I think there becomes a reality, you know, that to, to kind of step back and think, wow, Miami's recruited damn well so far. And, you know, I mean, if you're coming off a 10-2 and two season and you lose somebody like that, then, you you know, you kick yourself a little bit and say, damn, we should have got him. But listen, I mean, what Miami's been able to do uh, coming off that season and uh, just working extremely hard through the portal and in – I don't look at it as a loss. I just look at it as let's move on. And the fans are so jaded with all this stuff and these star ranking next year at this time, we'll be thinking about stars But right now. We can't be doing that. Listen, by the way. Oh, didn't we just grab a, a four star and Marquise Lightfoot uh, to go with Kevin Riley. Uh, so you have two, four stars. If you believe in things like that, but, Yeah, it's a loss to anybody, but the kid, kid's an elite kid, you know? I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, and for what Miami's come away with, there's a lot of kids that could have easily gone to Alabama or Ohio State. Next year, you'll see more. It's just a progression, and it's just, listen, and if you're a Miami fan, you don't want to hear what I'm saying right now, and I can fully understand that because you've gone through crap for the last ever, you know? So, uh, but you have to understand, you got to take a step back and think whatever they're doing right now is really, really good. This offseason, after hopefully this is a bowl season, got to be a bowl season, got to be seven wins at the, at the least and then get your eighth in the bowl game. Not a, a rugged schedule, but, you know, fill with pit, uh, yeah, pitfalls. But I think next year at this time we're talking getting those five stars because the fact that we you know everything that they'll come in and they'll say listen see how we, we we've done the progress and we're using a lot of our young players and then if you're a a five star type of kid you want to come here it's just listen i i understand the frustration but you know what we got the we got where we're at over over a period of time so it's going to take a little bit of time to get right back to where we want to be so listen I'm, I'm ecstatic at what Miami's landed so far in the 24 class. I'm, ex, I'm overjoyed what they're doing in the portal and as I said last week, the coaching staff is' just amazing what they're doing and how they're teaching and what they're coaching and yeah so that's my that's my take. I, I don't want to I'm not jumping off the, the you know out the front of the ship because there's no need to. You know we've we've suffered this long and we've agonized this long. Another year or so is not going to make a difference.
2: I guess Good. that that's one way to put it. I, I will say just to, to address John's comment, I, I I agree with this, and I think Blues is what you're referencing. You gotta, in order to really compete on every player at those top recruiting levels, you got to win something on the field too. It can't just yep. be yeah. selling the vision. But I guess. My question is: Does this whole thing like really fall apart if the Canes struggle again on the field like they did last year? Like, where's the can't be going into year three with a uh, <laughs> with another five and seven or as John says six and six year where you know I, I think they do need to string. I know I know we've made a lot of changes to the coaching staff, so it's not like they ignored the problem, right? That the staff was overhauled again, but I think that to your point, Blue, the on-field stuff is going to be critical this year because. <laughs> If, yeah. you come, if you come back with another bad season on the field, it doesn't matter who you have trying to recruit, it's going to speak for itself. TJ, you want to get in here?
4: I mean, look, players can now decide where they want to go more so than ever, and things move fast with the transfer portal and things like that. So I think a winning season above 500, not just 6-6, six and six, is going to be important <clears throat> for Miami. Now, they're going to have to put, you know, they're they're dealing with a new coaching staff and they're probably going to be dealing with a feeling out process early on. But like blue mentioned, you know, we've talked about this, this coaching staff being more engaged and being more, you know, hands-on coaching. So I do think there's a chance for success, but you know, I do think this is also an important year for Mario Cristobal, the coaching staff. I'm not going to call for his head yet, obviously, but it definitely is an important year. I think in terms of, you know, just the landscape of college football and how players enter the transfer portal left and right. And, you know how each player can kind of control where they want to go now especially
2: and and i do think you know blue touched on this a little bit in terms of you know we've been suffering for 20 years what's another year like in the grand scheme of things well that that is a correct statement i think the 20 years of suffering gets saddled around mario's neck anyway because like you said the the fans are out of patience before mario showed up on campus like they and and that's why anytime anything slightly goes wrong it's just sky is falling and i think we saw an example of that o- over the weekend here and in terms yeah. We just so but i do think you know in terms of it, 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 <laughs> excuse I, me <laughs> uh, i think it sometimes could be a self-fulfilling prophecy where you know you get that negative energy around the program it's hard to to operate in that environment, which is again why it's really critical that that Mario wins this year. That's now, other coaches, coach. but other coaches have, have dealt with it. Like Butch Davis got banners flown, get him fired, and all that stuff, and he just powered through it. And you got to have a thick skin to uh, to coach at Miami to deal with this this fan base because yeah. expectations are sky high, and and frankly, they should be. This is yeah, you know, this is this is a program we hold in high esteem. So I think it's kind of there's there's a balance between the patience and also the you know there are going to be expectations if you're the coach of Miami.
3: Well, you know what? Uh, When you look at it with the new faces, was it 37? Excuse me, I'm sneezing a lot for some reason. Pepper for dinner. Um, (laughs) 37 roster moves, 37 new faces from last year at this time, and so when and I said this last week. When people keep asking me, hey, what do you think? What do you think? What are we going to finish? You know, I generally really don't know, but I feel the personnel that's coming in and that has been coming, that has come into every position and we've upgraded everywhere. It's got to add up at least to seven wins. And it's maybe got to add up to maybe an upset on the road, you know, whether it be whoever, I'm not going to say, but. I think that's the difference. Um, you know, I had DBJ on the on the radio show the other night, and he said Marion didn't come here to just hang out. He just is his reputation. And the way you know the way I feel is if he doesn't cut it, they'll close the program because who else are you going to get? There's nobody else you're going to get who has the passion, um, who has the DNA. Uh, so he's going nowhere. Believe me, he's going nowhere. Um, I think what he did in the offseason, he didn't sit on his hands. It would have been easy for them to say, oh, well, we can't get this guy or can't get that guy. But they did. They went out and they hit the portal running. And I think, thank God for the portal. Thank God for Manny Diaz. He's the one that did it. He's the one that authored the portal nationally. He's the one that started the ball rolling. So we've kind of tapped back into that. And I look at what Mario Cristobal and this staff have done by bringing in players. Cause I talked to a lot of the coaches individually coaches that, you know, could be anywhere. Jamila Adai can be anywhere. I mean, he's proven over the years, what he could do in the secondary Jason Taylor could be anywhere. Um, you look at our new coordinators. I mean, they could be elsewhere, but they kind of bought into this because they saw the future and, and they know Mario Cristobal a prideful guy that I don't even think he took a vacation this week. How about that? I think every freaking coach in America is on this three week vacation. I don't think he went anywhere Uh, because that's how committed he is to getting this program back on track this year, not in three years or four years this year. He feels, I'm sure if you sit down and talk to him, he feels that they're going to turn the corner this year not wait till 2024 think they're going to do it this year. And then then we're talking because if you come up with an upset or so, and then get into a, okay, average bowl game, but you're still playing and win eight games or nine games. Come on next year's recruiting. will be stupid. I mean, Miami will get basically anybody they want only because they've shown what they could do with it, with the athletes they brought in and to me, already up front, and I was saying this the other day, by getting a Lee and a Cohen, you've already upgraded your offensive line nine billion fold over last year. You had a bunch of young guys who were average at best. And then you bring in Malaga and you bring and that's what I'm saying. Your your game, your teams are built on the line of scrimmage. And I think Miami's done that. You know, I mean, they didn't pick up everybody, but you know what? Either the Georgia. Even you know, though Alabama, they lose kids too. So
2: yeah, and and blue blue to your, to your point, I think also as as important as it is to like a bowl game, even like the smaller bowl games, it's a stage and it's a chance to showcase your program. But the other thing is, and I've talked about this before, last year's five and seven was an atrocious <laughs> five and seven. Like those games were, we we awesome. looked, we looked like a competent, good football team one time against Georgia Tech. That was the yeah, only time where you watched it. Like, oh, we we actually played well today. Every other game was, even the wins, the four other wins were they were pulling teeth. It's like it was not a program that anyone watched and be like, oh yeah, I want to be a part of that. And so that matters too. Like if you lose close to Clemson, it still counts as a loss. But it'll if it's if it's a lot better than you know not getting hundred yards last year, you know you'll convince kids like, hey, this program's headed the right direction. I can actually be the difference because. What we saw on the field last year was the this, scorecard's this not, not going to be good by the time I'm in college. Like, I need to go somewhere else is if you're about yeah. like that, that way. So, yeah, so I it, agree. it is kind of put up our show time. With that said, though, DJ, I'll start with you on this since it's more your neck of the woods. Uh, Justin Scott wasn't the only player the Canes missed out on. The other was uh, Ja'Cory Barney who went to uh, to DJ's DJ's area there in Nebraska, and they have been terrible for his like, – that, that Rose Bowl ended both programs in a way.
4: <laughs> yeah, honestly, it kind of did. <laughs> in, in,
2: in 2001, those programs have never really been back to that level. I mean, we played the Fiesta Bowl the next year, but it's going to kind of fall off since then. So, DJ, first of all, what did the Canes lose on Jacoby Barney? And also, just generally thrown out to everyone, you know, the it's one thing losing an elite recruit to Ohio State who's putting everyone in the pros, playing in the playoffs, that kind of stuff. And then the whole other thing to, to, uh, Lose, lose, a, lose a big recruit to, to, to a Nebraska program that's really been struggling, really, for 20 years as well. DJ? I mean,
4: so I'll start off with what Barney, you know, what the Hurricanes are kind of losing out on. To me, he looked a little bit more like a slot receiver. Um, but, you know, he has tremendous athleticism. He can high point the ball real well. Uh, he can catch in traffic really well. And he has that speed and that shiftiness that you want out of that position. Um you know, I think he would have been a really good weapon for Miami, just in terms of being a guy that can, you know, you can just get him the ball and just, you know, let him work. You can make things happen after the catch. Um, you know, it was kind of interesting. All the crystal balls had him uh, projected to Miami on uh, Saturday when he committed to Nebraska, and so I think it was yeah, a so, bit of a
2: surprise yeah. to everybody. I think I think so. I mean, he's he's a Miami Palmetto kid, which is where I went to high school. Like, it's right. I can't. It's like the close. It's near campus. It's like just a few miles from campus. And, you know, you don't expect Nebraska to come in if Miami really wants a kid from there. You might lose him again to like Ohio State or Alabama or something. You don't really expect to, to lose, lose the kid to, to, to Nebraska there. So that, that I think was a big surprise for everyone.
4: I'm not going to go on a Nebraska tangent here really well, but um, I will say that. Nebraska landed 14 commitments in the month of June alone. They have the 13th overall recruiting class, including the top tight end in the class of 2024. I mean, you talk about Mario Cristobal not taking a break. I mean, I think Matt Rule and his coaching staff is, you know, taking a break, not taking a break as well. But it's interesting that they're kind of going into the Miami Palmetto area a little bit because they have uh, Will McGehee's son as well. So I don't know. I think it's interesting. I think a lot more, you know, programs are continuing to Go into the state of Florida and realizing, you know, hey, there's some really good kids here, even at the smaller schools. So, yeah, well, 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 <laughs> throwing shade at my high school there, my palmetto is not one of the smaller schools,
2: but generally, I can't, I can't remember the last time like Nebraska came.
1: Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
2: And there took a kid that Miami wanted out of that school. So I, I mean, they, it's not Those that everyone the from this. I know, but like, that, yeah. this is, that was, it definitely surprised me to, to see him go to Nebraska given that. It's Apparently Miami game. Miami wanted him, and generally speaking, Miami wants a kid from that school that's – you know, you might lose him to, like I said, Alabama or something, but you're not really expecting to lose him to a, to a Nebraska program, which is actually managed
3: to be worse than Miami has over the
2: last 20 years. So, um, and Blue, DJ, I don't know if you have thoughts where, on that.
3: Where's Nebraska going? I mean, <laughs> UCLA and USC are going to come in, and there's two more headaches that they have to worry about. The biggest mistake Nebraska ever did was leaving the Big 12. Because yep. you look at their roster and they're 90, they're like Oklahoma, they're 85% Texas kids. And now they don't have that lure. So they're coming across country. They're just poking in the dark because there's programs in that division for this year, like Wisconsin, Minnesota, that are, you know, equally or better than they are. So listen, I could just see Portal. Portal in their future, believe me. I mean, you know, a lot of those kids don't want to lose. Jacory Barney didn't go out to Nebraska to lose. We came out, went out and played. I think if he came to Miami, it would have been a pecking order. I think that you had other guys, including his former teammate uh, Bobby Washington, who would have probably been ahead of him. Jacory Barney's a really good athlete, and I say that if he came to Miami, he'd end up playing in the secondary because he's that type of guy. He's a really good athlete, so. Maybe Miami says you know we can't guarantee That you're going to get on the field in year one Or even you know a lot in year two And he goes oh well Nebraska told me I could when I get in uh, Out of the airport I'm the starting wide Receiver so and uh, so Okay and that's the same thing with McGahee. maybe McGahee didn't want the, uh, the underlying Pressure of having the name You know always yeah. having to live up to that name Here and so I can Understand that move and listen I'm not shaken by anything that's happening because as far as I'm concerned, Miami's playing on borrowed time for the type of years that they've had. Come on. I mean, they come off a year last year and Middle Tennessee State dominating them. They had to do everything they could, as Vish said, to to beat a Southern Mississippi team. And, you know, I think their two best games that they played all year was a loss to Texas A&M, which you were at, and a win over Georgia Tech. And I think this year things changed. I have, I think they could get out of the gate and go four or five and up. Oh. Uh, and if they do that, then all those young kids that came aboard, plus the veterans are really confident. And the one thing we talk all the time is they got to stay away from injury, which they did not do last year. No Their especially quarterback situation. They were down to a freaking walk on running back. Um, but I think that the young dudes that they've brought in, uh, whether it be Chris Johnson or whether it be uh, you know anybody that that you know comes in, they have such good uh, kids that that are coming in in the class. That's what I like, and guys that have already proven themselves. Ray Ray's already proven himself, uh, you know, in, in, in his playing time during the spring. Um, I mean, you 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 have a defensive lineman now. And Bain, who's being regarded as one of the best they've recruited in 30 years. So you didn't have that last year. You had Leonard Taylor, who never achieved yet. He's done well, but he's never achieved yet. So with all the guys that they brought in, with Wade and all these guys like that, plus who you have to coach them up, I can't reiterate it enough. I mean, I, I just all these new faces that they have and you look at Mao Go brother, what a beast. And Miami, Miami didn't have that last year. Miami had a average Corey flag who, you know, we beat up all the time, but he's a good reserve. He may be a good starter at university of Texas Arlington, but not, not a power five program. That's trying to get over to the, the hump. But I think that we'll see, we're going to see a difference. And I, Mario Cristobal and and I said this to to Don Bailey uh the other night. Uh I could see Mario's face every press conference when he came in there. And I said it to Jazz I said, so, "Wow, he just looks like he lost his family members, you know. I mean, this guy is just But you know what? He he raw his way and um and they kept thinking, probably this it can't happen. This can't happen. So they emptied house and in, car in the staff, and they emptied house on the on the uh, on the roster. So I just think that the momentum has shifted in in the way that I think th- I think things turn around this year. I didn't think so at the beginning, but then as they kept bringing in people, you know, I mean, and remedied a lot of those spots that they needed from last year. I'm not a homer. I've never been a homer. In fact, when this says 11 wins last year, I <laughs> – Why do you have to bring up old stuff? <laughs> well, I, had to make, I had to make a point somehow. Um, it's the internet.
4: Everything lives forever. Yeah, oh, yeah I I it does. <laughs> okay. The internet. I've had, I've,
2: had, I've had worse predictions than that, believe it or not. So yeah. I, that, no, but, one, that one's not in my top five.
3: See, but if you said something like that this year, oh, they can win 10, year, 10 games. I agree. They can't. They could could pull – you know, they have to – the North Carolinas and NC State's are never going to be easy games. They're just – and even like I said last time, I know you say, oh, Boston College. Miami's never done well in Boston College. I mean, you know, it's taken them miracles to to win up there. Uh, But I will tell you this. They have an opportunity to start the year out and give all these kids confidence. So when they hit the – North Carolina is in the Clemson. They're going to go, Hey, you know what? We got a shot. Look how well we played against A&M. We, you know, we took them, it uh, took them out of the game early. We hit them with long passes. We controlled the game with our running game. Our offensive line is a lot better than last year. And right now Texas A&M is still a mess. I mean, Jesus, anybody else goes through that year that he went through last year, they'd be gone. For all the top one, two, three classes they've had and all the money they spent on those kids, when he was yelling at Nick Saban for spending money, come on. He didn't get those kids to come to College Station for free. You ever been there? I mean, <laughs> you've been there. I mean, I was I mean, born it's there. It's not but... <laughs> the ideal place to be. I mean,
2: you know. I, 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 I. I... Obviously, I was born there, lived there for a while. Yeah, well, there Miami. you go.
0: You kind of so. when, when, I,
2: when I go back, I cannot believe I was ever living in that place, and I just try to want to get the hell out of there. So I am, one hundred percent set yeah. on campus on, is on beautiful,
3: that but uh, you know, I mean, it's really yeah. nice. It's, it's all right, <laughs> it's big school, and uh, yeah. But I'll tell you what, though, you but Miami's, I think, has an opportunity this year to kind of shut the critics up. I mean, Miami fans are always going to find something to bitch about. I mean, if they're, we're 12-2, and two, they'll still find a way to, to bitch. But uh, I think Miami's very much on the way up. And, um, yeah, they're going to – I mean, there's yeah, going to be games where they're going to lose. I mean, that's just the way it is. But if they learn from those losses, I think that all these recruits will look and they'll say, hey, wait a minute, I can come in next year and I could get some immediate playing time. Because if I go to Alabama, I won't. I won't see the damn yeah. field. And and that's the thing. Oh, so, You know, back in the day, with me, it was back in the 80s, 90s. I used to go to the Miami Spring Games, and I used to walk behind the bench and look at the names on the back, and you say, oh, my God, I forgot they had that guy. I forgot they had that guy. That guy was a freak. See, that's what we got to get back to. You know, we got to go back, get back to the depth uh, where if – you know, a guy like where automatically we don't have to use a Bane right now. We don't have to use a mile ago right now because we had other studs in there. Until it gets to that level, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a fight. But I think it's going to get to that level with the transfer portal and everything going on. I think you have an opportunity to ease a lot of these young kids in because you have veteran guys that you're bringing in. And uh, you could, I mean, there's not a position on the team that you can't say that's not better than it was last year.
2: Yeah. And, and, and we talked a little bit about last year, John makes a good point that A&M game is, is, is a big one. It's the second game of the season. Um, It's a light September. Other than that, there's a odd road game at Temple, but um, (laughs) you know, but that as the second game um, after opening with Miami, Ohio, that, that, I feel like Blue. You mentioned we actually played well in that game last year and we lost did. anyway, and that probably was the was the entry point of the season spiraling out of control. Obviously, injuries eventually caught up as well. But you know, you, you mentioned mentioned the middle test game. Just be thankful. For, you and Josh should be very thankful. You were at that game. You might have seen Mario looking like he lost a family member. The press conference. DJ and I did the post game show. So. Yeah, that was <laughs> not. That
4: was uh, that was. <laughs> Not one of my proudest moments, but we did that the was, post-game show anyway. We, we showed up there. The, the team didn't show up that
2: day, but DJ and I did and took the medicine for it. This team so.
4: did, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, we showed up.
2: But yeah, I think that's that's a big one, that that and game, like you said, to set the tone for the year. You know, to play well and win that game and, and grow that confidence, it will be big. And if it goes bad, then, you know, there's still there's, – there's a couple of cupcake games after that because Bethune-Cookman stuff to kind of get your feet settled under you, but – you know, then, like so you say, get into that North Carolina game. Like, do you have the confidence there? But if you win that game, then you're probably going into those games undefeated and feeling a lot better about yourself. So
3: then you have kind of Clemson rare. at home, right? So yeah, which
2: again, I don't think anyone expects the team to win. But to me, it's no. like just play, play well, show that you can throw a punch, right? Because last year was pathetic. And last year, and four or five times they played them, right? But I mean, there, I guess there's a no that that's definitely the case. But last year didn't even like. Yeah. yeah. Might as well have not even gone there. Ninety yards. the
3: FSU game kills you <laughs> because you lose yeah. recruits. Yeah. Potential recruits. That's a thing. I mean, if you go in there and lose on the last field goal or when if you get punched in the gut forty five to three, that's yeah, just that's though
2: that just not a not, yeah. not, not not a fun time.
3: And then they gotta go up there this year and it's uh you know, obviously I, I uh, think
2: I think FSU is probably the most overrated team in the country. Um are the best what? They're the, I think they're the most overrated team in the country, FSU this year. Like, I don't, I don't see how they've all of a sudden become this juggernaut that's just going to steamroll people. I think, and they're a good team.
3: Yeah, they've hit uh, the portal pretty. I think, I think, I think,
2: I think, I think they've also lost. I mean, half their team went to Colorado, so they had to hit the portal. But <laughs> that is very true. And but they I, return I,
3: obviously one of the best quarterbacks. So. Yeah, no, they're they're good.
2: They're definitely good. I don't think I'm not I'm saying they stink, but. You know they're getting mentioned up there with the with with teams that I think they're at least one or two steps below. Like they're not up there with Bama and Georgia and stuff, but they're getting mentioned. You know, in top five with those teams, and that I don't see.
4: Um, No, and just looking at the schedule for bowl game purposes, if you want to have a benchmark or at least something to look forward to, that Boston College game, depending on how the rest of the season shakes out, to hypothetically get at least a sixth win, maybe seventh or eighth, that could be. You know, kind of big as well—not the game itself, but just the implications. I, I'll just say this, DJ, though:
2: if if they're going into that game at five and six, it'll be like the pit game this year. It doesn't matter; like it's done. Yeah, like, you can't be going to that game five and six and
4: try to get Bull. At they that point,
2: sh- you, you've ruined the season. So they
4: shouldn't. I don't think this year with the schedule, but you never know. You never know. Right, yeah, we didn't we think so either last year. Yeah, dude. yeah, kind of got it. You know,
3: it's but you know, what's a wait and see type of thing. I just think that if you look at things from a reality standpoint, things are a whole lot better yeah. here on July the 5th than it was last year. Cause we were going in thinking, you know, if this fell, if this can go and this, this, but you just, you didn't, you had too many ifs. And I think the line play, I mean, if you run the ball behind those, Behind a really quality center and and a good, really good offensive tackle and a guard on one side, and then all of a sudden you plug in some faces that were there last year, but they're enhanced greatly because of the other guys around them. You can control games. They couldn't control games last year. They would run twice and have to pop pass, and it would be four, you know, three and out, and boom. And you can't do that. You know, you have to the defenses that played against us last year never got tired. Yeah. It was never any forty eight, forty seven games. There was never, you know, we're going for seven hundred yards in a game and putting them back on their heels. Right. There was never any games like that. I mean, look at the Virginia game. Jesus, it was dictated by two South Florida kickers. <laughs>
2: Yeah, unfortunately, you know, my string of luck, I I was in the press box on that on that bad boy. So yeah, I know it's a two hour drive from D.C. But yeah, you sit there for four hours. Don't see a touchdown. It's yeah, I was kind of quite experienced. I watched that one. Got got the win, though. Um, They did. Got the win. Missouri starting
3: quarterback got them the win. Yeah, (laughs) that's
2: kind of the good point. That's kind of what I was talking about. You know, even in the wins last year, it was stuff like that. Like you can't have that. You need to play a better brand of football.
3: The six rig cane show, yeah, yeah. the six rig cane show, yeah, yeah. the six rings game show <laughs> You know